Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Secure Retirement Podcast. This is April Showen, and I'm sitting here today with John Curry. Hey, April. I've uh, turned the tables on John today. I've got in front of me a list of frequently asked questions that John and I go through with our clients um, when we're talking about Social Security planning. These are the most common questions that our clients have for us on how do they plan for Social Security in their own retirement planning. So John, are you ready to get started? I am, but before we do that, April, take a moment and explain to everyone your background because you're very knowledgeable in Social Security retirement planning. Uh, You've learned a lot. You've been helping a lot of our clients. So just share your background, please. Well, thank you for that. Uh, So for me, I started in financial services back in June of 2010, so a little over nine years ago. And I joined uh, John Curry's team here at North Florida Financial about five and a half years ago. My focus has primarily been on retirement planning, especially for members of the Florida retirement system. That was my experience with the other firm and then also continuing on working here with John. So it's one of the things that that I love doing is helping our clients prepare for retirement as they're getting ready to step off into this new adventure. And obviously for me, uh, for those who know me, it's important to me because I grew up in a state employee family. My grandfather worked for the state of Florida Department of Transportation out of Phoenix Springs. And my dad worked at the same office. And every morning, work day, they would get up and ride together to work with a a local friend, too. So I grew up understanding that environment Mm -hmm. and then later discovered, April, that people were getting either no information or misinformation of how to coordinate the Florida retirement system and Social Security and Medicare and how do you take money out. So all these issues got me to the point of where I have a passion like you of helping members of the Florida retirement system. Now, we have other clients who are business owners, doctors, lawyers, Indian chiefs. (laughs) So uh, we have people across the spectrum that our number one focus is helping people with retirement income planning. Right. Agree. Yes, very good. All right. So let's get started and uh, dig into some of these questions about Social Security. Very good. And I like it to be where we have a conversation about it. Instead of just me hogging the mic, let's just share it together. So as we're going through this, folks, April may jump in. I may jump in. Uh, and if we step on each other, we'll just back off and, and uh, let one finish their thought. Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. So let's just kind of start. We're going to start with some of the basics around Social Security. Um, so how do you qualify for Social Security benefits? Well, the short answer is you have to work for 10 years. Mm-hmm. You have to have what they now call 40 credits. And that's basically working four quarters out of, you know, counts for a year. So 10 full years of working and you and your spouse would qualify. That's right. So if you have earned your 40 credits or you have 10 years of working history, then you and your spouse both qualify to receive Social Security benefits or retirement. Correct. Good. Okay. And how are benefits calculated? Well, this came up just recently. In fact, last week, because the guy was asking about this. Uh, and it's based on the average of your highest 35 years. And if you only have 30 years of working, then they're going to plug in zeros to make up those. Right. And when he realized that, he said, whoa, wait a minute. So it's going to behoove me to work another five years. I said, well, based on your income level you're earning now, you're making the highest income you've ever earned. 
the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. And then he wanted me to calculate for him how much of a difference it would make. And I said, I can't do that. Social Security can do it for you, but I don't know how to do that. And I would, I, I would be concerned that I'd be incorrect with the numbers anyway. So if you're in a position of where you're not sure, then by all means, ask them to do an audit for you and give you an estimate of your benefits. Mm-hmm. Good. Okay, and when can I start collecting Social Security? Well, the earliest you can collect it is age 62, uh, as far as retirement benefits. Now, if you're a widow, you can start collecting at age 60, but that's a different topic. But as far as retirement benefits, the earliest I can collect it is 62. You can delay until full retirement age. We'll get into that later. Mm -hmm. And then you can delay even farther out to age 70 if you want to. But the earliest you can get it is 62. Very good. And on your full retirement age, how is that determined? The short answer is based on how old you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really is based on your birth. Back in the 80s when Social Security went through a radical change, they changed it up. So instead of, and some people still think that full retirement age is 65. Mm-hmm. We see that a lot. But it's not. If you were born after, excuse me, 1943 through 1954, it's age 66. If you were born after 1954, so as an example, 1955, it would be 66 and two months. So for each year thereafter, you had two months. Why they did that, I have no idea. <laughs> but at age 55, it's 66 and two months. Then it goes 66 and four months, 66 and six, 66 and eight, <laughs> 66 and 10, and then voila, age 60, excuse me, 1960 and later, it's 67. So what I just tell people is, if you were born after 1954, it's going to be 66 and something. But if you're born after 1960, it's going to be 67. Age 67. <laughs> Good. Yes, and that makes it a little fun from the planning standpoint of uh, determining when your full retirement age is. Um, I was just working with some clients last night, and you know that's and his was 66 and eight months, uh, and then hers was age 67 was her full retirement age. Right. So trying to uh, to work through some of those things. Yeah, I know we're talking about Social Security here, but let's talk about where this fits in. See, Social mm-hmm. Security in and of itself is a good benefit. Mm-hmm. But if, you, if you're guilty of looking at Social Security as a standalone micro and you don't incorporate it in, in a macro planning process of some kind, I'm afraid you might make a bad decision. Some people should take it at age 66. We'll get into that later, full retirement age. Mm -hmm. Some people should wait to 70. But unless you have a dynamic, ongoing picture of what retirement looks like to you, I know in our case we do what we call a retirement rehearsal. So people can see what happens if I take it at 62, 67, or 70. Mm -hmm. And, And our clients are able, we can toggle on and off and they can see that. Exactly. The client I was working with last night uh, his original thought process, and we're going to get into this a little bit later, was to take Social Security at age 70. And I said, well, can we look at the alternative? What if you take it at 68 when he plans to actually retire? It's only two years, so some people may say that's not a huge difference in either benefits or how that's going to affect your overall plan. But we were able to walk through and show, okay, well, this is what happens if you re- when you retire at age 68 and you take Social Security versus delaying it to age 70. And that's a good point. Just because it's 66 or 67 or 70 doesn't mean you can't take it in between. 
some people should take it at 66. Mm-hmm. I did. I took my benefit. I was 66 on December 9th of last year. I started my benefit in January and also two uh, pension checks coming in. So on paper, well, I'm retired. Sorry. Uh, but as you and I both know, I'm not retired exactly. by any stretch of the imagination. Um, maybe like George Burns still working when I'm 100 years old, <clears throat> but doing it on my terms. Right. But I, I think that the, the correct answer for people is if you don't need the money, delay it. And mm-hmm. we'll talk later about why that's beneficial. But if you, in my case, I don't need the money, but I chose to take the money because of time value of money. Right. I want the money today. And, and I'll, I'll tell you, this is not part of our questions, but I'll tell you what I'm doing with part of my money is I'm spending it on my grandkids. Mm-hmm. I'm doing things now. And I know somewhere in your questions I saw that, so we'll come back to that one later. Yes. Well, good. Well, let's get back to some of the most common questions we get about Social Security. What is, John, what's the average monthly Social Security check? $1,461 as reported by the Social Security website. That's not a lot of money. Uh, But on the one hand, there are a lot of people out there in this country. That's all they get. Right. One of the reasons I'm obsessed with helping people with retirement planning is when my grandfather retired in the state of Florida, he took option one and he had Social Security. That's all he had. Mm-hmm. When he died, option one died with him with the state pension plan. All my grandmother had for the rest of her life, another 26 years, was Social Security. So my dad and my uncle had to help support their mom. Right. And just, he had no life insurance. He didn't believe in it. So he, he left her in a, a fix. Now, the good news is there was no debt. But when you start looking at those checks, that's why I said, if you look at it from a micro standpoint versus macro, you might make some bad financial decisions. Right. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. And if someone wanted to look at their own earnings record and to see how much they would receive on their own record, how would they go about doing that? Well, the easiest way is just go to the Social Security website and go in and set up your own personal account. And I'm going to defer to you on that in a minute because you're more the you're more comfortable doing stuff like that than I on the computer, although I did mine. Uh, but another way that I like to do, I've been to the Social Security office on two occasions. Mm-hmm. I thought the, the ladies, the two ladies who helped me were very nice, very mm-hmm. professional. Uh, I, I found that their knowledge was pretty good when I got into some of the more complicated stuff they had to get back to me. Uh, one of them even said, she said, you know this inside out, don't you? I said, not inside out, but I know it pretty well because of learning and studying it. But but either get on the website or go to the local office and sit down with someone and get help. The website, uh, which you can go to ssa.gov to create your own login and go in. You can take a look at your statement. Um, Social Security used to mail the statements, <clears throat> and so now you can go online and see them. Right. And on your statement, it's going to show you if you take Social Security early at 62, what your benefit would be. It's going to show you what your full retirement age is and how much your benefit will be. And it will also show you what your benefit will be if you delay to age 70. So very important. Those are the three numbers that we look at when we're doing our planning with clients. Now, the clients I was working with last night, he was able to also go on to Social Security use some of their calculators and project how much his actual benefit would be at age 68. We were pretty close in our 
and our estimates of that, but he was able to to fine-tune that number on their website. Yeah, and let's give uh, kudos to Social Security Administration. They've done a good job of uh, updating their website from time to time. But also you go there and get the uh, the trustees report, yes. which tells, I mean, they're very candid and frank about the threats to Social Security going forward. Right. And I would encourage everyone listening to this to go in and read that report. Now, as some of us dry, I'll admit that you and I are kind of geeks about yes. this because we love it. But uh, folks, there's some good information in there. Mm-hmm. If you'll just take time, just go in occasionally and just kind of cruise through the website and just just bounce around, you'll be shocked at what you learn. That's right. Yeah. And, and if you don't want to do that, that's okay. That's why we do webinars and, and full-blown seminars on Social Security. And every client that we work with, we go through Social Security, Medicare, retirement income plan. We look at all of that because that's, that's part of your plan. It's, it's, not, it's not just okay to invest in an IRA or a 401k or a deferred comp or a 403b and think that retirement's done. That's a lot of moving parts. That is just the start of it. It's like a beautiful Swiss watch. There's a heck of a lot of wheels grinding around and you got to make sure they're all working together. That's right. Yeah, and today we really wanted to cover basics and some of those frequently asked questions that we receive when we have our seminars there and at least an hour and a half, sometimes two hours long on the topics uh, going into much more detail. I'm going to pick on you for a minute here. When April got the idea of doing this, we decided it made sense to take content that we've had, but do it in a manner of where you're busy. We know that. Keep it short and sweet to Mm -hmm. 15 to 20 minutes to give you an overview. Hopefully what we're doing here, April, is getting people, we're whetting their appetite to learn more. Because we see people who wait until it's too late. We still help them. But if they had done some planning, at least thought about it, and got a plan of action when they got closer to retirement, those decisions would have been easier. That's right. I agree. Good. One of the most common questions, John, that we get is, can you work and collect Social Security at the same time? And you know my smart aleck answer is, yes, of course you can. (laughs) You may not like the end result. Right. Yes, there are rules around it, and I think that's where you're headed with this question here. And that is, what are you allowed to do income-wise? Is that what you're you're talking about? Yes, yes. The short answer is, yes, you can. Uh, If you start at age 62 and collect Social Security, first of all, you're getting about 75% of the full benefit. Mm -hmm. And if you earn more than $17,640, then you're going to lose $1 for every $2 over that limit. I keep it simple and tell people, if you earn... over $18,000 a year, then you may not want to take Social Security as age 62. Now, we know people who will continue to work and they'll collect their Social Security because they'll say, I'm not going to work more than I have to to hurt my benefit. Right. But the short answer is you can do that. And in my case, because I'm 66, full retirement age, I can work as much, earn as much as I want and not have any type of penalty. Yes, and that was my next question. At what point can you have unlimited income and still collect Social Security? Well, you know, in our seminars, we have what people would tell us. That was a trick question. Yes. You want to tell them about that? Yes. So we, it really comes down, it comes back to this, um, your full retirement age, but not just the year in which you turn your full retirement age. Social Security actually calculates it based on the month that you turn your full retirement age. 
So we do. We, we do throw a trick question out there in our, in our seminars. And, and the answer is this. December 9th, last year, I turned 66. So in the month that I turned full retirement age, I could earn a billion dollars that month and have no penalty. But if I earned that billion dollars any, any other time during the year and I took Social Security, that'd be penalized. Right. So, so the key is full retirement age, folks. You can earn all you want in the month that you reach full retirement age. That's right. Good. And we've already gone through some of the earnings limits. We won't spend too much time on that. But just know if you're under full retirement age and still working, you will have, uh, you could see a reduction in your benefits if you earn more than, as John mentioned, around 18000 per year and you're collecting Social Security. You know, one thing we didn't cover this, what if you're in that gap? What if you're, mm-hmm. what if you're not in the month of your full retirement age and you did it sooner. If you earn over $46,920, then you would lose $1 for every $3 you earned. Right. So someone might find themselves, uh, I'm thinking of someone right now, they retired, started collecting Social Security, but then she was given a heck of a uh, job for 18 months doing computer software work for the state of Florida. Mm -hmm. Uh, They wanted her so badly, this was years ago, so badly, they paid her 150% of what she was earning as a salary. Wow. She said, I've got to come out of retirement for that job. Yeah. I said, I don't blame me. And back then, it didn't impact her pension. Oh, that's so great. That, so she could do it. Mm-hmm. And she used that money, saved it, invested it, and that's how she took a lot of travel. Oh, that's good. A lot of trips. Right up, right up until the day she died, yeah. she was still traveling. That's great. And uh, speaking of trick questions, I've got another trick question for you. Okay. At what age do you stop paying taxes on Social Security? Well, I'll give you another smart aleck answer. Never. (laughs) Because when you collect Social Security, it is subject to ordinary income tax. So if you have an income that's high enough to qualify for income tax to be paid on, then you have to pay tax. Now, it's a trick question in this sense. Now with a the standard deduction being double, the first 24000 of income for a couple is not taxed. Right. First 12000 for an individual. So if you're like that person that's just getting the, and that's the average of 1400 now, that means a lot of people getting less. But if you're getting $1,000 a month from Social Security, and that's the only income you have, and you have a $12,000 standard deduction, then you'd pay no tax on it. Right. But very few people we see are in that position. And then there's another issue, too, that people don't think about, and that is the payroll tax. Yes. You have to pay Social Security taxes on a wage base, which is now big. It's $132,900. Mm-hmm. Now, Medicare has no cap on it. If you earn $2 million, you got to pay tax, Medicare tax. But Social Security is, is capped at one thirty-two-nine. It was not that way for a long time. And now it's indexed. It keeps going up. So the tax amount percentage doesn't go up, but the amount they tax goes up. Correct. I remember asking uh, Senator Graham one time, Bob Graham, on a flight back from Atlanta. I said, why do you guys keep raising the taxes on Social Security? And he smiled. He said, now, you know, we've not raised the tax rate at all. I said, I know that, but you're raising the limit. Right. The income limit. Therefore, I'm having to pay more tax than all of my clients are. Right. He said, well, you got me on that. <laughs> he said, but that's the way it was set up by Congress back in the 80s. Yes. And they, by the way, most people don't know this, 
because there was no promotion big time in the media about the changes. Hmm. Uh, that's when we started having to pay taxes on Social Security. That's when there was the income limits imposed. A lot of things happened there. That's when the 66 and two months, et cetera, started. It was back in the 80s. Oh, wow. When Ronald Reagan pushed Congress to make changes. It was way overdue. They didn't go far enough, and they were probably too lax. If I had ran Social Security, no one, no one would ever get benefits before 65 or 66. There'd mm-hmm. be no 62. Unless somebody's disabled, but that's a different benefit. Different, different topic, right? Good. Okay. Um, on to another common question that we get, John, is how do spousal benefits work? So, if you are married, and if one of you qualifies for Social Security benefits, then your spouse also qualifies for a spousal benefit. Okay. Let's take the most simple one first. In my case. Pat and I are divorced now, but we were married for years, on paper, 41 years. So she did not work outside the home very much. So her benefit was very small. So she is collecting one half of my benefit because one half of my benefit is greater than hers. Now, the way it really works is she's still getting hers, and they just simply add to that so that she's getting half of mine. Right. So, for example, if your benefit was $1,000, then her spousal benefit would be $500 per month. That's correct. Okay. Uh, Following up on that, what happens when one of you passes away? Now, that's an interesting question because many people think that the surviving spouse only continues to get one half. Not accurate. In that case, in the event of my death, instead of her collecting the $500, she would get $1,000 a month. Right. She gets the higher of the two. That's correct. Very good. Good. Okay. And um, what are, so we talked a little bit earlier. By the way, I want to make a key point there because I've heard people talk about the widow's benefit. Mm -hmm. It's not just a widow, it's the widower also. So if the roles are reversed, if mine were lower and hers were higher, if she died, I would collect her benefit. Right. So it's a widow or widower's benefit. I'll make sure we're clear because I've had men say, I don't qualify. And they go, yes, you do. No, I don't. I'm not a widow. And I've actually had people who did not know they qualified. Yeah. Send them back to Social Security and they got back pay. Good. Okay. Um, and we talked about this a little bit, but how are Social Security benefits taxed? Well, the short answer is up to 50% or up to 85% of your benefit is considered to be ordinary income and you add it to what other income you have. And when you do your taxes, it would just it's added together. So it's based on an earnings cap. We can get into detail if you want to, but it gets complicated. I'd rather not do it on this. But just basically, if you earn a certain threshold, it's fifty percent of your benefit is determined to considered to be taxable income. If you're above another threshold, then eighty-five percent of it is treated as ordinary income. Very good. And yes, we do go into more detail about that in our webinars and seminars. Yes, and one-on-one. So I I, I would encourage people to participate in all three of those. Good. Okay. And so we've talked about uh, your options for taking Social Security. You can take it early at 62. You can take it at your full retirement age, which is determined by the year you were born. And then you can also delay to age 70. Right. What are the benefits of delaying to age 70? Well, in my case, uh, at age 66, had I waited until 70, I would get an 8% increase each year I delayed. Mm -hmm. So at age 70, 
my benefit would be four times H32, 32% higher. Mm -hmm. uh, so why would I do that? If I'm working, I don't need the money, then that might be a good way to increase my benefit for the future. There's another reason to do it. We see some people who either did not have life insurance or they canceled it when they retired. If they don't have life insurance or adequate, then this is a good way to provide a higher survivor benefit, like we talked about a moment right. ago. Because if I did not have life insurance, in my case, I have a lot of it because I believe in it. But if I didn't, then I definitely would have delayed it. Right. So that then when I die, there's a higher survivor benefit. Yes. Very good. Okay. And probably the most common, this is the last question we're going to talk on, discuss today. Uh, and it's probably the most common question that we get. So when should I take my benefits? Should I take it at 62? Should I take it at my full retirement age? Or should I wait to age 70? <laughs> now, you know, I got a wisecracker answer. <laughs> Whenever you want to start spending the money. It's also the same answer I give when people say, well, when should I start taking my retirement benefits from IRA, 401k, whatever? I don't know. Well, what do you mean you don't know? I don't know. When do you want to spend it? Do you want to go enjoy the money now or do you want to leave it behind so someone else can enjoy it? Right. So all these trips you keep talking about taking, why don't you take your Social Security benefit and start funding some of those? Mm -hmm. In my case, uh, a large portion of my Social Security benefit goes to pay life insurance premiums. I just thought it was something pretty cool about taking a benefit each month and letting it fund my life insurance, which creates a big chunk of money coming in tax free for my family. Right. For my kids, my grandkids, and now great grandkids. I just mm -hmm. thought that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Now, some of it, frankly, I just spend it on my grandkids and, and great grandkids. So it really comes down to what are your other sources of income? What have you accumulated? Have you done a good job of saving, good job of investing? Have you done a good job with your planning? Mm -hmm. And I, I, I would tell everybody, listen, I don't care where you are at this point in your financial life. Uh, sit down with someone. It could be us, someone else, but sit down and get some guidance in coordination of distribution planning. You've done a good job probably of saving money, earning money. That's just part of the ball game. There's a second half. Mm -hmm. you know, I was watching a football game last night. It was amazing. Came down to one point. You know, it was back and forth, back and forth between. Uh, just went blank on the teams now. Oh, the Raiders and uh, uh, no, excuse me, Houston Texans and the uh, uh, New Orleans Saints. Right, right. And the game's not over until it's over. That's right. So in that second half of life, it's called the distribution side. So really, that's a long answer, I know, but. If you don't have other benefits to help you, you may, you may be forced to take it Social Security at an earlier age than you want because you may need the money. Right. But on the other hand, you may be able to plan and delay it all at age 70 if you want to. Yes, and like we talked about earlier, it depends on are you still going to be working in some sort of capacity in retirement? How's your health? Yes. Uh, do you have life insurance? Or again, back to what you were mentioning about delaying so that your spouse has a greater benefit. Those are all the things that we look at when we're helping clients decide when to take Social Security. And you may not have life insurance, but you may have other assets. Correct. At that point, you've determined, you've decided by choice, I'm going to let my assets, my savings account, my um, CDs, my 401k, my IRA, my 457 plan, my Roth IRA. So you're making that serve 
the role of giving you income and the spouse's income. Exactly. And that's okay if that's what you do, as long as it's a conscious choice. But again, our planning is going to look at everything and say, okay, were you aware of this? Are you aware of this? Mm-hmm. And then pull all the pieces together. Yeah. And I like in our planning too, we can look at the different options and say, okay, here's what it looks like. We can show people, here's what retirement's going to look like if you retire at 66. 68, 70, 62, whatever the situation is, and we can look at each individual situation. Well, you test drive it. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't buy a car without test driving, That's although right. I shouldn't say that I bought two cars out without ever driving it, but usually you would not te- you would not buy a car without test driving. Mm-hmm. And that's where we go back full circle to what I said earlier about the retirement rehearsal, where we can sit down and say, which is better? Clicking on 62, 66, or 67, or 70. Let's take a look at it and see what it looks like. That's right. That's the uh, one of the the uh, most enjoyable parts, I think, of what we do, John. Is I love working with clients and showing them what retirement looks like, and helping them realize they can retire today if they want it. Absolutely, that's powerful, and you're you're bringing, you're helping reduce the stress that a lot of people have. So let's just be honest. A lot of people, unfortunately, don't like their work. They don't like the fact they have to go to work. You and I are blessed. Mm-hmm. We love what we do. We love our clients. We've got a great team we work with. It, it, it's not It's not a burden. It's not a chore to go to work. I have to remind myself to unplug and go home. <laughs> yeah, go do something else. Right. Take those trips yeah. that you keep pushing me to do uh, yes. and, and free the mind a little bit. But I, I think we're blessed. We get to do something we enjoy doing with people we enjoy doing it with. And, you know. Life's good. It's very good. Well, John, thanks for taking the time today to go through some of these common questions that we get on Social Security. I hope uh, everyone listening to this found this helpful and impactful. I enjoyed it. And by the way, we have a seminar this evening we're going to be doing, and I hope that people will come join us for some of our live events. Yes. I think you'll learn a lot, and it's a lot of fun. But but thank uh, thank you for having the conversation with me because this has been different. I like it. Very so, good. Th- so thank you for turning the tables on me. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. If you would like to know more about John Curry services, you can request a complimentary information package by visiting johnhcurry.com slash podcast. Again, that is johnhcurry.com slash podcast. Or you can call his office at 850-562-3000. Again, that is 850-562-3000. John H. Curry, Chartered Life Underwriter, Chartered Financial Consultant, Accredited Estate Planner, Master's in Science and Financial Services, Certified in Long-Term Care, Registered Representative and Financial Advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. Securities, products, and services and advisory services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, a registered broker-dealer and investment advisor. Financial Representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is an indirect, wholly-owned subsidiary of Guardian. North Florida Financial Corporation is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities. Park Avenue Securities is a member of FINRA and SIPC. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this material, we are not undertaking to provide investment advice for any specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact one of our financial professionals for guidance and information specific to your individual situation. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, or employees do not provide legal, tax, or accounting advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances, not affiliated with the Florida Retirement System. The Living Balance Sheet and the Living Balance Sheet logo are registered service marks of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. 
copyright 2005 through 2018. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities or Guardian and opinions stated are their own.